Whether you're just the one who picks up groceries for your elderly parent or perhaps you're raising your grandchildren because of an absentee parent on their part, you're not just doing the right thing. Whichever scenario you find yourself in, you've now become part of a community of caregivers. I'm Marsha Lee, and this is the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving, where we help you answer questions that you have, help you find solutions, and offer assistance on resources that are available to help you as we discuss topics with the Upper Cumberland Development District. The Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving. Caregiving, you know, there are hopefully resources that we can help connect you with so that you can utilize them. This is the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving on the Henson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center. Whether you're caring for your elderly parents or raising your grandchildren, life can seem overwhelming at times. Join Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District as they help you make sense of it all as a caregiver. Resources, advice, and more starts now. There are lots of different types of caregivers. Uh, there are lots of different programs for caregiving. Joined today with Connie Vasilev of the Upper Cumberland Development District. Now, Connie, uh, I have a lot of experience with some of these programs simply because I have helped care for elderly parents. I have been a caregiver. So I'm familiar with a lot of these uh, programs that we're going to talk about today. But the important thing for people uh, that I think that they can take away from this is they don't have to figure all of this out alone. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> and and that is uh, is something that I'm very fortunate that I found the resource in the Upper Cumberland Development District to help direct and guide me. And there are different ways that a caregiver can get help for loved ones. Um, for instance, a loved one who needs in-home services. And I know I found myself in that position with elderly loved ones, as a lot of us do. But it's not, you know, it may not be just elderly loved ones. There could be a disabled child who is an adult that needs care. But what kinds of in-home services are available in the Upper Cumberland area? Connie. Well, Claire was speaking earlier about some of our in-home programs options and uh, choices. In-home services are basically um, bath attendants to come in and help the clients for safety, housekeeping, meals on wheels, uh, caregiver services that can be paid for through some of these programs. Uh, basically things that allow the client to stay in the home safely and not have to go in a facility. Because even even with a, a great number of hours of in-home assistance, it is still uh, for recipients of Medicare mm -hmm. uh, who have Medicare, recipients of Medicaid. Uh, it is it is cheaper on the, on on Medicaid mm -hmm. to provide those services in the home as opposed to 24 hour a day round the clock care in a facility. Oh, absolutely. Both at the time and the uh, availability, the services can be provided for clients at home. It's cheaper for the state. It's better for the client, especially clients that are suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. It's better for them to remain in an, in an area in a uh, that they know with things all around them that they recognize as opposed to having to go in a facility. Absolutely. And it's the thing about these programs and it's it's through no fault of of any particular state agency or anything like that. It is a lengthy process sometimes to get these things uh, accomplished. And that's why it's so I can't stress the importance. If you have an elderly loved one, if you have someone who 
who desperately needs services, uh, who has uh, poor quality of life due to simply their age and medical issues, that someone who is an advocate for that person, whether it's a child or a grandchild or a brother or a sister, that they contact the Upper Cumberland uh, Area Agency on Aging and Disability through the UCDD to try to get someone to help them navigate the system. Because having tried to do it on my own without that, I know that it's very difficult. And and what sorts of services do you all so I'm a person, I have an elderly parent who needs assistance. I don't know what to do. What do I do first? Basically, the setup at this point, all you have to do is call in and that starts the process. You and can call the 432-4111. Right. Or you can call the direct choices number if you're interested in applying for the Medicaid program choices. We have a direct choices line and that number is 931 Four seven six four one three eight. Now, I know what Choices is because I've had experience with it. Explain for some of our listeners who are not familiar uh, with whether or not their parent needs Choices or if they if they meet kind of if they may meet criteria. Of course, this is not an end all be all our discussion. But how do I know if Choices uh, is right for me? What does Choices stand for, I guess, first of all? And then and how do I know if it might be? Of benefit. Well, Choices is a Medicaid or Ten Care program. Uh, Ten Care and Medicaid are synonymous with each other. So, uh, and a lot of people get confused with that. They're not sure if they're different things, but they are the same. Um, clients or their families will call in, uh, and they want home services. They don't know if they're um, eligible. They don't know if they make too much or if they're the family member is physically qualified and they don't have to worry about that. That's what we do. We assess them. We have nurses that go into the home uh, and do these assessments. We gather help the families gather all the financial application uh, necessary. We turn everything into 10 care. We track it through the 10 care system until there's either an uh, enrollment or a denial. And so, so pretty much then the, the setup is, I think my parent needs help or potentially to be in a facility and they don't want to leave home. Mm -hmm. I call your office. I say, I want to, I want to have my parent evaluated for choices Mm -hmm. uh, to receive in-home benefits. And then the process is they are assigned a nurse. Uh, The nurse then comes to the house and does the evaluation and then take me, take me to the next steps after that. Well, while the nurse is out there, um, obviously, due to HIPAA and other um, laws that are enacted, paperwork has to be signed by the client or okay. their power of attorney at that sure. point. The Medicaid application, all the paperwork's done all at once. Uh, the nurse will come back. She'll uh, fax and get medical records. We assemble a medical packet. We turn that into the state. They determine medical eligibility. Then, and only then, is the Medicaid application looked at. That's why the process takes approximately two to three months because both applications are not looked at simultaneously. They run concurrent to each other. Um, So let me put this scenario. If I uh, have a elderly parent who already is on Medicaid, Mm -hmm. but had not been on choices, Mm -hmm. does that speed up the process then? It does actually, because we don't have to do a Medicaid application on that client. Basically at that point, they would still call into our office 
um, talk to uh, someone on the choices line and they would make what we call uh, an MCO referral. We would refer them to whichever insurance company that they carry their tinker through. There are three insurances, Amerigroup, Blue Care and United Healthcare. Um, when we find out which insurance they have, we send them a referral telling them you have a client that's interested in choices. You need to go out and do the assessment for that. So client. then at that point, they send someone that's to correct. do the assessment. We only do the assessments for clients on people that are not already on TenCare. So if, if a person is not already enrolled in TenCare Medicaid, mm-hmm. then the person to do the evaluation comes from your office. That's correct. If the person is already enrolled in Medicaid, then it would come from their insurance provider. That's correct. Is there much difference really in what, I mean, are all three of those providers that you mentioned, the Blue Care, the United Healthcare, are their coverage is pretty similar across the board? From what I understand, of course, I'm at the front end of sure. this process and not a a case manager, um, they all, uh, their paperwork is all handled the same. Um, a physician, if they don't have issues with ten care, every physician's going to take Medicare first anyway. So sure. even if there's a huge plaque in the doctor's office that says, I don't take ten care, that's still okay because the Medicaid is still going to bill for Medicare is still going to bill first. Right. And just like we mentioned um, previously in other uh, of our episodes that you have to just, you know, you have to go through open enrollment, like for Medicare and things mm-hmm. like that. Is there a similar reevaluation period for these in-home services or Medicaid or once a client is enrolled with choices, they would be evaluated yearly. Uh, some of the other programs um, like options, um, they may go out um, twice a year and do evaluations to see if the clients need more or less services. But once they're enrolled with TenCare, speaking of the Choices Program, we are hands off at that point. We right. All we are here for is to help the client and their family or the neighbor or whoever calls in on behalf of that client to help them get enrolled once they are. Enrolled, so you're the middleman. We are. <laughs> we are every bit of the middleman. <laughs> oh, that and and what a fantastic job you all do there. It's the best kept secrets of caregiving with Marsha Lee and Connie Vasilev. Now, we have talked about some choices. We've talked about the choices program. What's the difference between choices and options? Well, as Claire was saying earlier, options funding comes differently. Uh, Choices is through Medicaid. Uh, The physical requirements between choices and options are different as well. You have to be um, basically nursing home eligible to qualify for choices. Um, Therefore, you have to be needing assistance with several of your daily activities to qualify. Now, with options, um, there is uh, less difficulty qualifying medically. You may not need to be giving, uh, being given a bath, but you may need meals. So you can apply for that one thing. Whereas Choices is kind of an all-inclusive. Uh, you get a set number of hours per week and you can pick and choose um, what services that you want from those hours. And one of the services that we have touched on a couple of different times is Meals on Wheels. How many, uh, Connie, how many ways are there to get Meals on Wheels? Right now, there are four different ways uh, to access Meals on Wheels. Um, the first way, obviously, would be to private pay for the meals sure. to be delivered to the home. Uh, there are about uh, 850 a day 
to be delivered. Uh, the second way would be to go to one of our congregate meal sites. Those are the senior centers. There's a senior center in, in all 14 Upper Cumberland counties. Um, you can call the day ahead and let them know you're coming and the meals are a dollar, I believe, wow. at the senior centers. Um, so the, it's the same meal that's delivered uh, into the home, but these are congregate meal sites. The third way would be to apply for the Medicaid Choices program. That is one of the services that is available. And then the fourth way would be to apply for options uh, to get Meals on Wheels. Um, they are evaluated uh, per county, and there is a waiting list for several of the options program services, uh, and they're reevaluated monthly. So, uh, so to to get these services. Uh, in some respects, there there can be a lengthy process uh, to that. Mm-hmm. But the more you know, just like anything, the more you know in the beginning, the faster the process is going to be. So, for instance, someone is interested in choices or options for their senior uh, parent and they contact your office and their their parent does not have Medicaid, let's say. Do you all on the, at that initial uh, when that initial process begins, if I am trying to get someone registered for choices or options or evaluated, I guess I should say, do you kind of give any information on the front end about, OK, well, we're going to start this process. We're going to have someone come to your house. They're going to do this evaluation. In the meantime, you need to start collecting these things. Will that speed up the, do you all do that? That's part of what we call the intake process. Okay. Um, Yeah. And we have to get quite a bit of information over the phone from the person that's making the referral or from Mm -hmm. the client themselves. Um, Like I said before, you don't have to be a power of attorney to necessarily start this process for someone for choices, but you would have to have personal information. We have to ask for date of birth and social security number and, how much you have in the bank and do you own your home? And there are very private, personal questions that that we need to ask. And very, very specific <clears throat> information that you have to provide um, when when the process gets to the Medicaid uh, portion. When it once you've gotten the approval, that's the that's the first hurdle and one of the most difficult uh, because there are certain criteria that that de- delegate whether or not you can get these services. Correct. And that's not it's not a personal it's there's there's no one that can control that. It's a it's basically mathematical, isn't it? It's right. a it's all ranked. You're given rankings during the evaluation. Is that how it works? Yes. Uh, for the medical assessment part, you are given a score. Uh, to see. And of course, that's just on the front end. We have to have medical records from doctors Absolutely. And to back that up. But there are also financial questions that we have to ask on the front end to see if that client would even qualify to apply for 10 care. Right. There is an income limit per month. Uh, there is an asset level. Um, if you have if you own a home, there is something called a state recovery that's involved. Um, so there are lots of different things, both medically and financially, that we do have to delve into with a person over the phone. So that can be a little disconcerting, um, but we try our best to make it as comfortable a situation for them as we can. Sure. And for these different tiers of uh, of coverage that are available, with that comes different tiers of income limits. 
I mean, it's not just a flat. Okay, you know, if you if you make X amount of dollars, then you don't qualify for anything. It really that changes dependent on your care level. Isn't that right? For for the um, for the Medicare savings programs, it is based on income for Mm -hmm. different levels with choices. There is actually a set amount for monthly income. And that is twenty three thirteen two thousand three hundred and thirteen now okay. per month. Um, and depending on if the client is single or if they're married, they do have asset levels that they're allowed to have at money in the bank. Um, so that is a set amount. And that is something that we are required to ask everyone that applies, because if they are over that asset amount and they are unwilling or unable to spend down, to qualify, then they will not be eligible for that program. And we would have to go toward options or another avenue of service. Excellent information. And Connie, uh, Connie Vasilev of the UCDD, thank you for discussing the details of choices and options plans. Now, if someone needs assistance, uh, I know we mentioned it earlier, but who do they turn to? What's the best, most direct way to start the process if they have questions or need assistance? The direct line uh, for choices or options uh, intake for the Upper Cumberland Development District is 931-476-4138. Uh, There are several different people that man that line and that are taking calls. Uh, Sometimes, depending on the level of calls, it may take two days before someone gets back with you. That would not be uncommon. We hope it would be less than that. Um, But depending on the level of calls, that may be a two-day wait before someone gets back with you. Thank you so much. I'm Marsha Lee, and this is the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving, helping you know what resources are there and connecting you with the people who can help you utilize them. Thank you for listening to the Best Kept Secrets of Caregiving with Marsha Lee and the Upper Cumberland Development District. Check for new episodes or listen to past episodes on demand in the Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry Podcast Center at Newstalk941.com.